Hi, and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin, and today will be part three of my ayahuasca uh, experience in Costa Rica. Last I left off, I think uh, I had arrived and completed an evening of breath work just to skip Sunday. That was a Saturday. Sunday was very much of the same thing, except that it's more of a, a day to yourself. So I booked my excursion for surfing lessons. Um, I did yoga for the first time. I'm not sure if I mentioned in the previous podcast, but I was very out of shape and I, I could just remember my body being completely shot. I've never been more beat up from both doing yoga and surfing. I think that day also I had booked my massage. That worked out based on uh, how much of a heavy workout I had that day. It was a lot of just uh, lounging and getting to know the other guests and sharing beautiful stories. This place, Rhythmia, often people go to get some form of healing or direction. Sometimes it's just for the experience, but um, you don't realize that a lot of the people that you're you know, sharing a meal with are carrying some degree of, of trauma or pain sometimes. So you, you often forget because you just see the person as they are and um, you would never know. All these people are carrying around all this, all this trauma. Anyway, so for me, it was like a heavy workout day for Sunday. Went to bed early and that was that. Monday night was the first night of ceremony, but I committed to doing the, I think the 7 a.m. Um, yoga uh, practice uh, for my stay there. They offered two sessions of yoga, one in the morning and one in, I think, the afternoon or the evening. I would skip the evening one from after yoga, I'd say from about maybe 8 or 8 30 um all the way until five o'clock we had back-to-back -back workshops like classes they had a, a guest speaker i guess you can say her name was uh dr sue um i'll try to get a hold of her full name if you're interested in finding out what she's about but essentially she's um she, from, from my recollection, is uh, a fully licensed and medical doctor who practiced more of like a naturopathic medicine and had at like, um, from what I understand, like a convention, uh, she was participating in like a meditation event and she had this incredible... I would say for those of you that are familiar, very much like a Kundalini experience where she had this out-of-body experience and um, it changed her whole perspective on how she practices medicine. And uh, I'm not sure if it's from that point on, but she never really resorted to um, pharmaceutical medicine and she believes in like energy healing and it was very, she had a very profound impact on um, my experience there 
um, at least for one session, uh, during a talk around forgiveness and really helped me uh, understand uh, how I could go about in forgiving my dad, who I didn't speak with for, I'd say, close to 20 years. Um, and essentially, uh, she was sharing this story about how if you were to picture, I think she calls it the bus stop, and if you were to picture a place uh, that might resemble heaven, for example, and um, everyone, a bunch, all of us are just waiting at a bus stop, and we're waiting for this uh, bus stop to take us to uh, our life. So it does kind of draw in ideas of reincarnation and things of that nature. Um, but what really resonated with me with this story was um, prior to what she, she calls it a splat. Like essentially we're just kind of, we're, the way we're born is essentially we're just kind of like, it's like we're a meteor hitting the earth or something like that. Um, but if you were to picture having like a consciousness prior to starting your life and being able to choose what kind of life you have, uh, she said, um, you know, you might want to experience uh, true love or you might want to experience um, the glory of, of winning and being very successful or you want you may want to experience um, true pain or suffering um, and and so in in her story she goes on to say uh, someone uh, says, for example, I want to experience um, forgiveness, like absolute full total forgiveness to like the, you know, the highest degree. And, you know, a bunch of people start clapping. Uh, and then one person says, how are you going to do that? Because in order to forgive someone, that suggests that you have been kind of wronged or hurt in some way by someone else. And this person goes on to say, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to need a volunteer to inflict uh, a certain degree of pain or harm to me so that I then can experience forgiveness for that person. So this person looks around and says, who, who wants to volunteer to help me with having this experience? And of course, Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to inflict pain on someone else. So no one really puts up their hand or responds. But then in the very back, someone puts up their hand and everyone turns around and starts clapping because this person goes on to say, so that you could have this experience, I will be that person to, you know, to cause the pain. And it made me think of my dad in a different way. And obviously, to me, it doesn't really matter how you get to your destination. It's just simply that you get there. Sometimes you don't, right? 
And for me, I very much in that moment was able to see that maybe perhaps my dad was the one who volunteered to, uh, you know, like abuse, abuse me and, you know, put me through a lot of trauma and, um, and a lot of like raging issues and anger issues. Um, so that I may be able to one day forgive him. And, and to explain or highlight the degree of, of anger I had towards him, I had some very, very violent and intrusive thoughts. Like, to say that I wanted to kill him is an understatement. Um... And, and personally, at the time, I thought to kill him would be too simple. And what I wanted to do was have him live as long as possible and inflict the utmost amount of pain to him, to his loved ones. Um, I had very dark fantasies of doing horrible things, not only to him, but again, to his loved ones, so that, uh, so that I may be able to exemplify uh, the amount of pain I experienced back onto him. And in an instant, with that conversation with Dr. Sue, um, I had a complete change of heart. And I knew the first thing that I did when I got home was to call him and have a conversation with him. Um, it's it's no wonder that this place, Rhythmia, has um, uh, a statistic, um, a self-volunteered uh, survey of individuals that admit to experiencing uh, what they call a miracle. And when I went there, which was uh, almost two years ago, they were hovering around um, like the low 90s to mid 90 percentile of people um, emitting or experiencing claiming that they experienced some some sort of miracle. Um, for me, I've had I had I felt like I had multiple miracles, but definitely the fact that my brain somehow rewired in that moment without any induced psychedelics or plant medicine or anything like that was definitely um, astounding uh, to me because I carried this hatred uh, for my dad for at least, like I said, nearly 20 years, um, if not more, probably more because of um, uh, the abuse that he inflicted on um on me and, and my siblings um, since I was, since I could remember and I was told since I was a baby. So it just, it reminded me that often the perpetrators that inflict pain onto others, they themselves likely experienced um, a lot of pain and suffering 
and their upbringing. Um, so back to uh, Rhythmia uh, Monday, uh, Gerard Powell, I think held the first or second uh, workshop where he went in great detail around um, what we might experience. Um, he, he broke down the five different types of um, plant medicine experiences that you could have as defined by um, a group of the indigenous people that um, historically uh, and still continue to um, practice the plant medicine and to um, and to uncover its its um, its heal healing modalities. So, the five um, uh, experiences you could have, and uh, I apologize if I am um, butchering them, is essentially. Um, you could have, you could have the typical, not typical, but the more common euphoric experiences where you see very bright colors. Um, you see geometric shapes and fractals and sacred geometry, as some people put it. Uh, you can then also have, um, a healing experience where perhaps you had like um, an ailing, you know, pain and um, it, it's alleviated. You could have, um, you could have a conversation with like a deity, um, be it Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad. Um, it could be a dog. Um, it could be whoever, Krishna. Um, so that's healing, uh, uh, euphoria. Um, you could also have images uh, still or moving from your past, possibly your present or your future. Um, and the last thing you might experience is uh, no experience at all. Uh, you don't, you you don't feel anything. And some speculate that when you are not experiencing anything, um, like you're you're not having any effects from the plant medicine, it's often that what you need healed is so deep ingrained within your ancestry, uh, perhaps through your DNA, that possibly your ancestors are the ones that are being uh, affected by the plant medicine. And therefore you yourself in this moment don't, don't experience anything. Uh, that was one um, um, possibility that was suggested when some individuals are not experiencing any, any effects from the plant medicine. Um, I was reading my journal and I'm not going to read it, uh, on, on today's podcast, uh, leading up to the first ceremony, uh, of, of Monday night. And I can see based on my writing, how, 
uh, how do I best put it? I guess unwoke I was. Just just judging every single person I met, um, assessing their dateability for uh, for women that I was interacting with. Um, you know, I, I was very, I was judging individuals left, right, and center, and, and not a, in a good way, if there is a good way to judge anyone. Um, reading my journal entry from that day, I can see that I was very selfish. I almost had like um, a self-centered ego, uh, very toxic perspectives. And, and now um, I'd like to think that I, I'm definitely more open-minded to where uh, people's backgrounds and upbringing and where they come from um, could affect the way they are. So, um, I'm going to end the podcast on that. Uh, I'm going to release another episode very shortly, which will describe my very first ayahuasca experience. Um, Again, uh, ayahuasca is not for everyone. Um, I learned uh, during the workshop uh, on that day, on that Monday, that um certain indigenous groups believe that when you choose to participate in plant ceremony you're being called to do it so in many ways it's not like um it's not like your choice and i've met a number of friends and family that have uh that are familiar with ayahuasca although I'm the only one, I believe, that has um, uh, participated in, in, um, in taking it. But often I hear, yeah, I really, I really want to do it. I really, I want to, I want to experience it and this and that. But I never find time or when I'm close to booking it, something comes up. And, uh, and I tell them that it's simply, it's, it's the medicine that, that, that calls you. So when it's time, it's time, right? So don't, like, some people don't have to do it. It's, again, it's not for everyone. Um, it definitely changed my life. And I still believe it, it's, it changed it for the better. So on that note, uh, you can contact me if you have any questions at nthpod at gmail.com. That's nthpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much. For listening. Um, I know I've been uh, promoting a lot to um, a lot of friends on uh, a video game that I've been playing lately, uh, Dota 2. And uh, I want to thank all of you that have uh, listened to any of my podcasts. I'm so grateful. Um, I guess this is my hustle. And I've been, again, I've been saying I, I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and now I'm doing it. So hopefully it translates to something uh, bigger 
and um, and better. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. Super grateful. Love you guys. Till next time. Thank you.